Welcome to the Crosswalk Church Podcast, Phoenix, Arizona. God makes everything turn out for good. And in between those two passages on the front, there is, a, I'd like you to write down your most recent example when you said, this is not good. It's going to be bad. And then was it really? But take, start to think about a time, maybe it's now, maybe it's in the past, where you, you really thought, this is not good. And while you're thinking of that, it was about nine years ago when I and my family were returning from vacation in New England. We lived in Michigan, and so what we did is we cut across that little part of Canada to Niagara Falls and then over to New England, and we were on our way back. It was the last day of our vacation. My son, who was at the time 15 years old, had a learner's permit. He was driving. We were on a freeway, and we had the van full. Four kids, my wife and I, and all kinds of camping stuff. We had tents and and, and everything. We're driving along. It's Friday afternoon. My son says, Dad, the engine stopped. It did? Yeah, there's nothing. Put it in neutral. And we were in the left lane, by the way. Put it in neutral and see if he can get over. And thank God there was no car on our right, so he coasted over to the right and coasted off to the shoulder, and, and there we were. And this was in the days before everybody had a cell phone. So we get out, and I look, and I, well, my best guess is that it, it's, it's the fuel pump or something like that. So we stand by the side of the road, watching cars go by, and they keep going by, and they keep going by. And finally, a man stopped. He's a former cop, and he stopped. And, and, and he gave me a ride into town to the nearest service station, which is about five, six miles away. And from there, we called the tow truck. Towed it, and we went back out to the scene, and, and the tow truck driver came out, and he hooked up the van, with a trailer behind it, and he pulled us back into this, this little station. And now we're back in there, and we think, well, we said to the, the station owner, I said, well, what do we do? He said, I don't know, because it's Friday afternoon, it's 4 o'clock or so, my mechanic is getting off at 5, and he's not coming back till Monday. Uh, your best option is to go into, go into town, maybe about 10 miles away. They've got a Canadian Tire place where they work on Saturday. So we did that. Kids piled in the van, and they kept their head low because it's not legal to be in a towed vehicle. I jumped in the front of the, of the, of the, of the uh, tow truck, and off we go. On the way, we saw a motel. We stopped at a motel said, uh, and we checked there. Hey, uh, what, what's your rates here? And the lady behind the counter said, how many kids you got? I said, four. She said, well, you're going to have to get two rooms. And each room is $110. And 
my wife had to go to the bathroom and she said, no, there's no toilet available. My wife said, no, we're not staying here. Um, she wouldn't even let her use the facilities. So off we go. We go to the Canadian Tire Store and they, they said, yep, we can help you out tomorrow morning. We'll, we'll get going on it first thing in the morning and you should be able to get going. If it's a fuel pump, we can take care of it. So that's pretty good news, but now what do we do for the night? I had given my last $50 of cash to the tow truck driver, which probably wasn't enough, but he took it. What do I do? Well, there happened to be a church across the street. There were about four cars in the parking lot. And I said, well, I'll just walk around there. I'll knock on doors. Maybe something will turn up. And I went around. I knocked on a couple doors, and I went around. And finally, somebody opened the door. And I told my story. And she said, there's a fella in. The band was practicing for the Sunday service. And she said, there's a fella here. He'll come out. He'll, he might be able to help you. Oh, that's good news. And uh, a fella comes out, he's about 32 years old, and he, he listened to my story. And he said, after he heard my story, and I kid you not, these are the words he used. He said, my dad will take you in. I'll call him and tell him. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He said, my dad will take you in. I'll call him and tell him. So I went back across the street, and I told my wife, I said, let's get a few little bags out of, the, out of the van. We've got some help coming. And I still get choked up to this day. Get over there. <laughs> and uh, one of the band, his dad comes in, and he comes in, puts his hands on his hips, and then he rubs his hands and says, all right, who's going with us? And a band member opens his wallet, takes a 20 American out, presses it in my palm. He says, if you need this, use it, take it. And we get into two vehicles, and we go to a house. It's not a special house. It's just a regular house. And we walk in, and the table is set, and the food is steaming. And they said, sit down. And then after dinner, they washed the dishes. And before they, before they left the kitchen, they set the table for breakfast. Six spots. And then we, had a, we, we talked that evening. What made the evening especially delightful was the fact that he had been a missionary in Senegal, in West Africa. And so we traded stories. And, and it was a delightful evening. What had begun as oh no, ended up as something I'll never forget, a gift from God. Now, earlier I asked you to think of some challenges that you're facing. Maybe, maybe you wrote something down, maybe it relates to finances. You just, ugh, when you get a bill in the mail. Maybe it's family or marital struggles. Maybe it's children. 
Maybe it's legal issues. Maybe I don't know what you all face, but all of us face these troubles. And this morning, I want to assure you, based upon God's word, not on my feeling, but on God's word, that God makes everything work out for your good. We're going to look at Jeremiah chapter 1, and uh, we're going to find out that this is true, that God works everything out for our good. Now, I'm going to ask you to write in on your notes here before we get to them, and then I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit. First of all, we're going to see that Jeremiah lost everything except the Lord's great love. That's what we'll find out. Jeremiah is going to lose everything except God's love. And therefore, we will conclude that he had everything. And we are also going to see that God will give me tests and trials in my life. I may not know why, I may, sometimes I can make a connection as to why I'm having troubles. If I go and buy a 12-pack of beer, drink the whole 12-pack, get in my car and drive and go off the road, there's a pretty clear connection why I've got a problem. But sometimes problems come and I don't know the, the connection. And why does God allow or give those problems? I believe it is he wants us to learn to trust in his promises all the way. But he does give us trials and tests and trials. To, to help us understand this text from Jeremiah, I'm going to read it. And then we'll talk about how this is a beautiful, beautiful message for us. The word of the Lord came to me saying... Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm only a child. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. At the time that the Lord spoke to Jeremiah the prophet, and by the way, when, when, when the Lord came to the prophets of the Old Testament, we're not exactly sure how it happened, but uh, Peter simply says that uh, prophecy did not come by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So in some miraculous way, God came. He was there with Jeremiah. And when he did, Jeremiah was a young man, perhaps 20, 21 years old. He was a priest from the small village of Anatoth, just a couple of miles north of Jerusalem. And at that time, things were looking good as far as being a religious person, a, a, a believer, were concerned. Because King Josiah is now the king, and he's been in power for 13 years. 
before Josiah, things had been bad. Uh, the kings had turned to idols and false gods. They had set up altars to false gods everywhere around Jerusalem, even in the temple itself on the roof of the palace. On the edge of town, you could, you could go to an altar to the, this horrible god they called Moloch, and people would take their children and put them into the fire there and sacrifice to, to their children. And God, and God had said, because you have rejected me, because you have turned away from my word, there will, judgment will come. Josiah became king. It it, it had gone so bad that they had even lost the word of God. The book of the law of God had had gotten buried in a box under some other box somewhere in a corner in the temple. They did not even have a Bible. When Josiah became king, they found the book of the word of the Lord. And he was alarmed. And he reformed turned the people back to the true worship of God, that is, the offering of sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins, the promise of forgiveness through that that blood that was shed, and then also, most importantly, the promise of the Savior to come. He restored the priests and the prophets to their rightful place of honor as people who speak God's word to the people. He, he even like your growth groups, he, he had teachers teaching groups of people the word of God. And so for Jeremiah at this point in time, things are looking pretty good as a young man when the Lord comes to him. But he didn't last long. Josiah died young. He, he came to power at age eight. At this time, he's age 21, and, and very shortly after, he died in, in battle against the king of Egypt. And after he died, everything unraveled. The people returned to idolatry. The, uh, the, the kings became, uh, the, the kings of, of Judah were wicked. And then the king of Babylon invaded and everything is, is going crazy. And Jeremiah is the prophet. And he has given the word of the Lord to say to the people, repent. And he says also, because you have forsaken the Lord, the Lord says you will spend 70 years of exile in Babylon. And Jerusalem will be destroyed. And so the kings had... A choice when they heard, uh, when, and Jeremiah then said to the kings, he said, the kings, you guys, you guys have a choice. Either submit to the king of Babylon and things will go better, or you fight him and things will go worse. King Zedekiah decided, I'm going to fight this king of Babylon. And they had a horrible siege of the city over a year long. Starvation started to settle in. And of course, they branded Jeremiah as a traitor because he said to the king, uh, surrender. And Jeremiah was put into prison several times. One time he was thrown into a cistern and left to die. Only 
an African man came along and he tied together some rags and he pulled him up to save his life. And so this second passage on the front of your crosswalk notes, Jeremiah writes about, it's about 42 years later. There's about 42 years between this first passage and the second passage. Listen to what Jeremiah writes. He says, I'm the man who has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me in the dust. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And Jeremiah wrote these words as he is a refugee after his city has been destroyed. He's lost everything. He lost everything, but he still had everything with God's love. Now we go back and we see how God already had promised that truth in chapter 1 of Jeremiah. Let's look at these four things that the Lord says to uh, Jeremiah, even at his call day. We read, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. The Lord said to Jeremiah, I knew you before you knew yourself. In fact, I know I knew your mother before she knew she was having you. Now, that may make someone feel uncomfortable if I say, well, I really know you. And of course, God did know Jeremiah so well, he knew his sins as well. He knew he was a sinful person, but look at what else the Lord says to Jeremiah. Before you were born, I set you apart. And what that means by setting him apart, it really means he is, is to set apart to make holy, to set apart for special work. So, in other words, God says, I'm giving you forgiveness. Even though I know you will be a sinful, you are, will be a sinful man, I am giving you forgiveness. And I'm going to equip you for the work that I, that I will give to you. And thirdly, he says, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now that word translated as appointed really is the word give. Just to give as a gift. So here we have the Lord saying, I knew you, I have set you apart, I've forgiven you, and now I am going to give you as my gift of a prophet. A prophet is one who speaks God's word. Both repent of your sins and believe the forgiveness of sins that God gives. I will give you as a gift of a prophet to the nations, to all people. That's my gift to the world. 
You're my gift to the world, Jeremiah, when you speak my word as I say. And then the Lord says, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. I'm with you and I will rescue you. And you know what? He did. Even through all the hardships, terrible hardships that Jeremiah faced, the Lord never left him and rescued him. And what's so amazing about this, what's really cool, is you can take these very same things and look at Jesus, use these very same phrases with Jesus. Let's do that. Because with this, God wants me to trust in his promises. That's point number two. God wants me to trust in his promises. And and as I look at these words to Jeremiah, I see they apply to Jesus. And Jesus proved that all of God's promises are faithful and true. Point three, Jesus proved God's promises are faithful and true. Let's look at that. The father knew Jesus. The Lord says, I knew you. The Father knew Jesus from eternity. John writes, the word was, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and by him all things were made. Without him nothing has been made that has been made. This word became flesh and dwelt for a while among... This, God knew the word, the Jesus, from eternity. And then at his baptism... When Jesus went to the Jordan and he was baptized by St. John the Baptist, the heavens opened and the Father said, I know this guy. This is my son whom I love. I know him. And I know him so well that guess what? He says, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. You know what that means when he said I'm well pleased with him he's without sin here is Jesus he is without sin and I know that says the father and then all right so he knows him and then what's the next he sets him apart the Lord at Jesus baptism then set Jesus apart for his work the father said Listen to him. Setting him apart from all other people. Listen to him. He's the one we need to listen to. Especially, most importantly, in this world. And then the Holy Spirit, in the form of a dove, came down and lit on his shoulder. And Peter talks of that later. He said how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power to go around doing good works. Now, earlier our band was singing Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the Christ. The Messiah is a word which means anointed one, set apart. And so we were singing about that a few moments ago. He is the anointed, the set apart one for special work that only the Son of God can do, save us from our sins. And then next, 
the Father gave him. You all, you know the passage, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The Father gave him as a gift to the world, to you and to me, for the forgiveness of our sins. And then finally the Father said, I will rescue him. He, Jesus, went to the cross. He suffered for our sins. He died. But what did the Lord, the Father, do on the third day? He raised him from the dead. And because he is risen, you and I have hope no matter what our problem, our trouble that we may face. It's true. God makes everything, even the death of his son, work out for good. So it's kind of cool, just one more time, go through that for ourselves. Um, and we say Jesus proved that God's promises are faithful. And point four, God's promises are still true for me today. Real quickly, God knows me, even in my sin and rebellion. He's known me before I was born. And there's never been a day where he has not been known where I was at. He, he, yeah, he knows my sin. But guess what? He sets me apart. He forgives my sin. At baptism, he washes away that sin. He sets me apart and calls me his son, his child. And yes, he gives me to the world. He calls, at, at, his, at his ascension, Jesus said, you are now my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and to, to Samaria, and to the other most ends of the earth. Jesus said, go into all the world. You are the light of the world. He gives us to serve, like that family that took us in. I think I saw the light of God that night. God gives us in the same way to give his light to other people. And finally, God says to us, I will rescue you. He will rescue me and you. And that's his promise. So what a wonderful, outrageous, foolishness gift this is that God says he makes everything turn for our good. So let's wrap this up at the bottom of our sheet as we look at the next steps in crosswalk. I'd like you to read and meditate on Romans chapter 8 this week. As Pastor Jeff says, camp out on it. Romans chapter 8 is that chapter in the Bible where it begins with, uh, there, uh, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. And it says everything works to good, for the good of those who love him. And it says nothing can separate us from the love of God. Read that whole chapter this week. And relish the promise that God gives you. Secondly, as you face your own trials, maybe little crosses we can call them, as you struggle, 
May those little trials and struggles that you and I have, may they turn us to the one, the big one, the big cross of our Savior. And, you know, sometimes when we have troubles, we, we, can't, we might say, you know, a little part of me dies every time I have to face this again. Maybe it's a, a divorce. Maybe it's a bankruptcy. Maybe it's something. But, you know, you, you might say in your heart, I feel like a little part of me dies. When that happens to you, turn to the one who died fully and freely to fully and freely forgive your sins and to give you hope. And let that trouble not take you down, but let it be a source of joy that it turns you to the one who can help you and does. And number three, let, let it shine in your life that God rescues you. Like that family that took us in. Like, like I've seen here in so many examples in, in this congregation, other congregations. Look for ways that you can be a light to the world. A light to those around you. A light to help lessen the burdens that others are carrying. And most importantly, because the time is short, Jesus will return. And hell is real. And so is heaven. Tell the good news of forgiveness. Tell people there is hope and there is life in Jesus. And may we be a light to the world. God's blessings to you and amen. It is true. Amen. Please stand. I'd like to offer a prayer as you stand. Heavenly Father, we stand before you in awe and thanksgiving for the promises that you give to turn everything out for our good. Surely we could not dream of such things, for troubles and, and hardships seem to only multiply in our life and in our world. And sometimes the more we try, the, the harder it gets. But you have promised... And you have shown us through your son, Jesus Christ, that yes, you will and you do turn everything for the good of those who love you. Send your Holy Spirit so that we always trust you and never doubt your goodness. Help us to see your goodness and share your goodness with the world. And, and in all things and in all places, O Lord Jesus, may your light shine on us, in us, and through us to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Crosswalk Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at crosswalkphoenix.com.